Uh, you know my stuff, so I'm not going to introduce myself. You know who I am and all my goodness. Hey. Um, so I had something all planned for tonight. And uh, yet uh, on the way here and when I got here and several conversations I've had and kind of the way I read the room, I think, you know, might, there might ought to be a combination of what I had planned and then what just kind of hit me on the way here and as I got here. Um, there's kind of a sadness in the air right now. I don't know if it's the deal in Ukraine. I don't know if it's the time of year. I don't know if it's the end of COVID. I have no idea what it is. But I know that, that collectively, and I, and I look around and see us, and I think we all have some stories here of recent struggles and hardships. And there's fatigue. Let me add that to it. There's fatigue. Um, and and uh, can, can I talk about our conversation, Alex? I didn't even ask you permission. Is that good? Okay. So Alex and I started talking, and, and he was sharing about how he's been angry this week. And I said, me too. And, and I said, if I punched you in the face, you could pinpoint your anger in an instant. I'm mad at you for punching me in the face. When you can pinpoint your anger or your depression or your anxiety or whatever it is you're dealing with, when you can pinpoint it and say, this is what caused this. This is what got me to But when you can't, what are you angry at? He said, I don't know. What am I angry at? I don't know. I'm just pissy, you know, just, eh. I, I tend to want to judge people. I tend to want to be critical. I tend to, uh, uh, and, when I, and, and I've noticed this, that when I get this way, I don't know if you're this way, but when I get this way, I start to second guess myself a lot. I lose a little bit of confidence. I think, am I making this decision out of my issues or is this a wise decision? I don't know. I don't know if that if y'all identify with that, because because when when your emotions kind of run a little bit on the red side, you know, on the dial, they get over toward the red, the hot zone. Um, you know, they tell you not to drive drunk. <laughs> well, don't make decisions when your when your emotions are a little bit out of whack. Don't do that. Don't. And so I've, I've kind of noticed that I'm starting start to like even on the way here tonight. I was thinking, should I talk about what I was going to talk about? I don't know. And I thought. I've, I've never been one to be indecisive. I've always been a decisive person, and yet I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know what we need. I don't know what we should do. But just the looks on your face as I'm sharing this, you're like, yeah. So we, this is kind of something that's common to us as humanity. And I thought, so what, because Matt's so good about when, when he gets up to, to, to talk about how pathway is our safe place. And so as he was talking, I thought, yeah, it, this is a safe place to come and look somebody in the face and say, I'm mad and I don't know why. But for them to look right back at me and say, I'm mad and I don't know why. Or to say, I'm, I'm on edge, I'm anxious and I don't know why. Or I'm depressed and I don't know why. Or I feel shamed and I don't know why. You know, so many of these things, you can come and I think it's common to humanity, I think it's common to all of us, to have these phases, these periods in our life where we feel these emotions and we, for the life of us, we can't pinpoint them. We can't nail them down where they came from or what caused them. So if you're feeling that way, welcome to the club. You know, welcome to the human race. Because it, it, it doesn't make us disappointing to God 
and it really shouldn't make us disappointing to ourselves or each other. We're, we're human, and, we're in, and God never created us to be perfect. When he made us, he made us, and he said it was good. He never said we were perfect, and he never said we were supposed to be perfect. So, but then the other part that I was kind of wanting to say is, I don't know if, if this is part of our dilemma or if I'm just really way out in left field. I don't know. But we, have, we each have, and we talk about this a lot in Pathway, we each have our personal image of God. And we've talked over and over about how this was developed. It was developed in our childhood. Our caregivers are our guard reps when we're little. And, and I think we've used these terms a lot, that, that our image of God is caught more than taught. I know we go to Sunday school, Bible school. You know, we have teachers and people who... Who, who you, you may have had family devotions in your house, I don't know. You may have had a parent who tucked you in bed and prayed with you and read a Bible study, I don't know. You may have had a Sunday school teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, somebody who, a teacher, whatever, who kind of schooled you in, I don't know. Everybody's story is a little bit different. But I do know that what we pick up about God in our formative years is, is much more, put it this way, what I caught about God at age four shaped me much more than what I caught about God when I was getting my MDiv in seminary. You see what I'm saying? I was under the tutor, uh, tutelage of PhDs, professional, sharp people who taught theology and scripture and all this stuff. And, and they did not shape my view of God like it was shaped when I was four. Does that make sense to everybody? So we, we have... We have personal images of God that we carry with us. Sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes that has a profound effect on how we live life today. Why we might be angry, why we might be depressed or whatever, because this false image that we got of God when we were young or this incorrect, incorrect image that we got of God is still lingering. And so we think he has expectations that we can't meet. Or that he wants something out of our lives that we're not giving him and whatever. He's upset at us. He's disappointed at us. Whatever. I don't know. Let down by us. I don't know. But I've started to think about something completely different when it comes to our image of God. And I want to change the word. I don't want to use our image of God. I want to use our ideas about God. Because image kind of goes head and heart, where ideas about God is more in our head, our, our, our concepts about God. And, um, okay, so Gary and I have been working together on our porch some uh, for the last two or three weeks. So we have a radio out there for racket. Mostly we listen to classic rock. But just for fun one day, and, and y'all are going to throw stuff at me, but hang with me, okay? Hang with me. Uh, we usually listen to classic rock, but for a couple days I turned in, tuned in, and I'm not going to name it, but I tuned into a Christian radio station. And so I spent a couple days listening to Christian music. Now here's where you're going to throw stuff at me. I was so hurt and disappointed. I was like, my gracious, th these, this is our collective idea about God? This is what, these are our anthems, our soundtrack? Now, granted, there are lots of Christian artists out there who sing a different tone, 
But, and so the radio station chooses what they play. They, they choose their playlist. So it's not all Christian artists, okay? Your, your faces are changing. I'm thinking, oh, my, this is becoming a hostile crowd. Um, but here's what I heard. Here's what I heard over and over. All the songs were, okay, okay. Now, this is not making fun of country music, but I love old country music. But modern country music, in order to make a country song, you just have to have a list of words. Ford, truck, Levi, jeans, cowboy boots. You just have to put these in a string, and it makes a country song. Pat's blue ribbon, blah, blah. And now you got a song, because you've listed all these little items and kind of made them rhyme, and it, and it makes, you know, and then you got a guitar hook, and then you got a chorus that everybody can sing along on, and you got a country song. Well, this, this Christian music that I heard was doing the very same thing. And what they were doing is they were picking incidences out of Scripture. You moved the mountain, you walked on water, you dot, 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 dot. And they're listing all these things that God had done that, that looks like he's flexing. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. Which is not the case, but that's the way they're making it look. And they're singing it to God in a way that just, it was just, oh, I was just crawling. They're singing it in a way as if God is up there in heaven and saying, please, somebody tell me I'm good. I'm just desperate to hear the praises of my people. Somebody tell me I'm good. And so we, we say it over and over and over and over. And God's finally like, okay, fine. I'm, I feel better about myself now. And I think, where did we get the idea that this is worship? That we have this codependent God who has this human-shaped vacuum in his heart that can only be filled when we tell him a million times how good he is. God knows he's good. And he knew that before he ever created us. And there is no human-shaped vacuum in his heart. He's fine without us. Now, I think every now and then it's good to say thanks to God. And I think it's good to show our gratitude to him. But to go over and over and over. And it's always centered around the power of God. The ability of God. Look what God can do. Yeah. So, this is, this is, all, about, this is all about the power of God or, and and I, I wanted to use some words that, would, that we would uh, remember. So it's all about the, the ability of God. God can do this. God can do that. God, and there's a church on our way home that where it says, you know, God can do anything but fail. So it's like power. God, our God is strong. My God's bigger than your dog or God. You know, my dad's bigger than your dad. It's this idea that we got this big, powerful God. When I am depressed, when I am fighting with anger, when I'm in my darkest, saddest moments, I don't want a powerful God. I don't, I don't want that. I want a God, not who is able. Uh, I don't want him because of his ability. I want him because of his availability. I'm using those two words because we'll remember those. I want a God who's available. I want a God who is intimate. And I think about Jesus when he, when he talked to his disciples at the very end of his ministry. And he says, guess what? It's good that I go away because if I do, I'm going to leave my spirit. He's going to be available to you 24-7. He is going to live life with you every step you take, every breath you take. That Sting song, you know, you know every, every, yeah, he's there. He's right there. He's, he wants to be your partner in life and do life with you. And I thought, there's a huge difference here. If our soundtrack to Christendom, you know, American Christendom, if our soundtrack is, look what my God could do. Look what my God could do. Look what my God could do. Oh, you're so good. Look, if that's our soundtrack, 
That affects the way we do Christianity. That's the, that affects the way we... It, uh, Christianity becomes all about warfare and power. It becomes all about opposition and pushing and fighting and, and insisting and, you know, you want to argue about this? I'll argue about this because I got more, you know, and even Paul got caught up in that. I, I think if he had a chance to do it again and saw what the effects of it, he would have taken it back. But the whole, you know, put on the whole armor of God, blah, 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 because this is war, you know. And I hear this all the time. I hear, I see it on Facebook. We're at war. This is, and I think, why, if we are, why didn't Jesus talk about that? Why did Jesus instead say, come to me all who labor and heavy laden? Why did Jesus touch people who were untouchable? Why did God circulate, or why did Jesus circulate with people he wasn't supposed to circulate with and hug little babies who interrupted his sermon right in the middle, you know, and just said, no, they need to stay here. This is what the kingdom is about. This is not about flexing. It's about hugging. This is what the kingdom is about. So, okay, I'm on my stump, you know, you're, you're, you know, I, and well, really, it's, I'm out on a limb. <laughs> Y'all have been very gracious. Yeah, get on my little red box. But, but uh, I'm going to put this on my blog tomorrow, and I say in the very first sentence or first paragraph of my blog, I realize I'm climbing out on a limb because there are going to be people who are going to, you know, put the crosshairs right on it and shoot it. That's fine. I'll, that, that's fine. Um, I'm going to try to be very diplomatic in the way I write it. I'm trying to be diplomatic tonight, but I'm not quite because this pathway. You, know, you, can, you can say whatever you want to here. Uh, but think about this. Think about this, okay? This is, this is kind of where it boils down. This is kind of where it, it hits me. And that is if you go into a room, a, a lecture room with a teacher or a pastor, or a, uh, a professor, whatever, and they go up to the whiteboard and they say, okay, I'm going to explain some concepts to you. No, 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 no. Take that, that bad metaphor. Here's another one. Here's another one. When you got a little child and you're trying to teach them the ABCs, okay? This is a better metaphor. You're trying to teach them the ABCs. And so you go, you know, little Johnny, little Susie, whatever the names are. You say, okay, A, B, C, D, and then, then, you know, and the, the, my favorite part is elemental, elemental, when they get to that part, elemental P. It's all one. But they, you know, and, and you, and you, it's, when you teach it that way, it's all concepts, and it deals with only one side of your brain. Got it? A, B, C, D. So why do we put that in a song? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Why do we do that? We do that because it engages both sides of your brain. It gets, it gets the affective and the conceptual side of your brain active. And so I guess what I'm saying, what, what troubled me so about listening to Christian radio, was this is the soundtrack to American Christendom, at least on that station. This is the soundtrack. And so not only are we being taught ideas or concepts, we're absorbing them in the other side of our brain as well. The side of your brain that enjoys a cheeseburger or a beautiful sunset, we're absorbing it into that side of our brain. And so it's becoming, whether we know it or not, it's becoming our subconscious anthem that plays over and over. I need to reach out to God. Well, what's that little song I heard? God could do this, God can do that, God can do this. Well, why isn't he? My spouse is dying of cancer. My child is still rebellious. God is not doing, you see what I'm saying? If God is all-powerful and we want to cash that coin in when we hit trouble, it's like, well, why isn't he? He's so, he could do all this other stuff. Why doesn't he change this? Why didn't he step in and fix this right here? 
When that's all God is, is powerful, that's, we got a problem. Because he's not our cash cow. He's not, we, he's not our Coke machine. We could just put in the request and God's going to come through, you know. No matter how good you live, it, it, it doesn't work that way. I mean, I was, I was a pastor. My first wife was a good, good woman. And we prayed for two years and had all kind of people come in and pray for her to be healed of cancer. She died. Think about all the prayers that went up for Wayne. He died. You know, what's with this powerful God? When that becomes our anthem, when that becomes the soundtrack, it's, it saturates into both sides of our brain, saturates into our being. And, and, and when life doesn't work out the way we think it should, there's, somebody's going to have to answer to this. Right? If this is my anthem, why isn't God cooperating with my anthem, my soundtrack that sings inside me about him? And we wonder why so many of the newer generations are looking at this and saying, I don't buy it. I simply don't buy it. Because I hear what your theology is, and then I see what reality is, and they don't mesh. They don't match up. You know, so forget religion. I don't want it. When, and I, I, I'm trying to be more careful all the time in the songs we sing here. When our soundtrack becomes, our God is love. John said that God is love. Read the four Gospels over and over. You see that God is not about flexing. He's about hugging. When you read the four Gospels, you get that. And our, we try to, I'm, I'm trying to make sure our soundtrack is consistent with that. Okay, so now what do you, what do, you do? Your spouse has cancer. Your child has gone crazy. You're, what you you got fired from your job. What, what, what Drew's facing right now? You know, shakiness at, at work. If your God is powerful and he's not coming through, you got a problem. If that's all he is, he's powerful. If your God is loving and he's available, then you face whatever you face and you look over and he's right there. The God of the universe, the God who made it all, is right there. He is 100% available. You can lean on him. You can cuss him out. You can yell at him. You can hug him. You can, whatever you need to do, he's right there and he says, I'm not going to unfriend you. I'm not going to unlove you. I'm here for the duration. I am here for you. And I already met, and I've told you this before, but it just seems apropos. When, when Carol died, the very minute she died, I escaped the room and was by myself for five seconds. But for the first time in my life, those five seconds, I was completely enveloped with the presence of God. Just embraced with the presence. And even though it was just five seconds, it changed my life in a way I'll never forget. And I think I'll take that. This may sound terrible to you, but I'll take that over the present, which is P-R-E-S-E-N-T, that I wanted was my wife not to die of cancer. I'll take the presence of God over that any day, which some people might say, well, that's cruel, that's humane, inhumane, whatever. Well, if you haven't been there, you don't get it, but I've been there. And to have God present with you in your darkest moment is, the, is probably the most profound. If that's what heaven's going to be like, I'm all in. Count me in. 
Because the presence of God for kids, streets of gold and all that shit they told us. Like, are you kidding me? Just, I just want to be with God. I just want to be with God. And, and, and can you imagine waking up and, and just throwing back the tent flap or opening the front door and looking and there's God right there. It's like, and Jesus walks past your window while you're eating a sandwich and you're like, you know, can you imagine that? And you know, you want to go fishing? Sure, let's go. You know, I've been known to fill the boat. Let's let's go. You know, just you think about spending eternity with God, with God. I don't want anything. I just want to be. I want you. You know. So, anyway, anybody want to crucify me? Nobody's gonna throw anything at me. But you see, you see, it may sound like I'm splitting hairs, but I think it's really important. What is the soundtrack to our life? What, what, what do we choose to listen to and feed not just our conceptual side, but our affective side, our I like a cheeseburger side, you know? What, what do we feed ourselves? It's not just concepts. We, we feed ourselves flavors. And so does our God taste strong or does our God taste loving? You know? It, 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 it may, well, what's the difference? Oh, it makes a big difference. It makes an enormous difference. Who, are, who we collectively think of when we think of God. I think that's one reason I really like Pathway. Because I think for the most part, we really, we really get it. God loves us. Because we've told our stuff. And, and, and we were scared to tell our stuff, but we told it. And realized, oh, God still loves me. And these people still do. And I think what's really cool is that this has... Over time, we've been here since 05. Over time, this has leaked into this big congregation here. Both the Melrose and the, and the Greenwood campuses. It's leaked in. It's in the preaching. It's in the music. It's in, uh, I mean, we got, we just got one other staff member here. Is there others? No. But it's in the staff. It's, I mean, there's love. There's family in the, in the staff. It's just, you don't, this doesn't just happen. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, we're not just lucky. This, this is because our soundtrack has become God loves us just the way we are, which is pretty, pretty cool. Let's, let's talk to God. God, thanks for um, who you are. And <clears throat> we're slow on the, on the uh, uptake. A lot of times we, uh, we're watching the left hand when we should be looking at the right one. And, and uh, we think we see a fist when really you're inviting us in for a hug. And it's it's not you. You didn't do anything wrong. We've we've meant well, and the people who brought us up meant well. But sometimes we just don't get it right, and we're we're starting to get it that you really do love us, and we want to live in that love. We want to we want to sing about it. We want to sing about the love. Give us new songs about your love that that really are become our anthem. And we we thank you. For being patient as we need it. So we'll talk to you later. It's all yours, Matt.